It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Podcast presented by Park Sportsbook and Casino and Elliot. I went into this game expecting them to lose. They came out of it losing, and I still feel worse. This team sucks. It was just a, a total letdown on every level from the roster to the coach to the quarterback. They just, they all stink. This team's bad, Elliot. That's where I, I'm at. I think this is worse than 2015. I think it is. Like, I did the Chip Kelly, the ending was bad. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think at that point anybody, like, truly believed in Chip Kelly and Sam Bradford. Like, there was no feeling that they were building towards something, right? At least towards the end there. And it's not towards the end yet for the Eagles. I mean, they're 10 games in. They still have six to play. So it's not like this is week 14. But I think what makes it so hard to watch this team is that a large portion of people do still believe in Doug or do still believe in Carson or maybe do believe in the duo. And, you know, maybe they believe in Howie. Probably not as many people in in that camp. But, you know, I just think, like, watching this team every week, and I've said it before, but you convince yourself into it and then you immediately find out why you were wrong to do so. You know, like, just always, always right off the bat. And they, they got off to, I guess, I guess a little bit better of a start. I mean, you get the uh, you get the stop on fourth down uh, at the goal line, right? Which until good. the I fumble, mean, the Miles Sanders. They were they were cruising oh yeah, down true, the field, right? and then the Miles Sanders fumble and the stop on the goal line helped. But yeah, look, there's there's no positives here. <laughs> there's there's nothing to take away and be like, oh well, that was good. I mean, we'll get to a couple players later who flashed and whatever. But let let's just dive into it, Ali, because. I, like the way I looked at this, and we'll go piece by piece, but I really felt like this was a 
Um, just a a failure on all levels. This this Eagles team is undisciplined. They're poorly coached. They're woefully under talented, and the quarterback sucks right now. Like that's that's it. Like on every level, they're just a bad football team. I was trying to think of during the game. I was going there and trying to think of teams that I could say the Eagles are definitely better than. And it's like mm. three or four, man. It's yeah. like the Jags, the Jets, and like, I don't know. It gets pretty tough after that. Like the Bengals now, the Burrow's out. Like, I don't know, man. Like, they're they're a bad football team, Elliot. And we'll dive into the specific pieces. But on a basic level, I, I, fe- I already knew this, but I came away from today just feeling even more like I just watch a bad football team play every week. So sometimes going into the pod, I'm not always sure what we're going to disagree on, but I, I think your last answer, I, I know what we're going to disagree on. This was not a poorly coached game today. It just wasn't. Like, oh, in di- buddy. All right, well, let, let me explain myself, okay? Okay, they go, go. They go right down the field. Heading into the game, we all said, Doug, you got to run the ball. This is a run the, vo- run the ball game. Eight of the first nine plays were runs. They were heading into the end zone, right? Miles Sanders fumbles the ball. Cincinnati goes down the down the field and they get a stop, so it's still zero zero. Next drive, they're moving like what nice throws by Carson, but also nice schemed and called plays by by the coaching staff. But they didn't get... run the ball once on that drive. Like what well, are you doing? Let me, like let me let me finish. They got they got two big passing plays back to back. The offense was moving right. Then Carson throws the pick six. You're down seven to nothing. So like. I think they came to the game with a good plan, and the plan was but working. But they didn't and- stay with it. Like they didn't run the ball consistently throughout. They weren't. Look, dude. Like I'm not. But that's I agree. not really true. I, look, I mean, look. Had- I I agree with you. Like we're. I'm not gonna say today was the biggest was on Doug. Like last week w- w- was a Doug loss. Like, but to say Doug did yeah. good today is is he was out coached by Kevin Stefanski. I mean that offense again I week disagree. in week out is uncreative. They don't do anything, man. Like Carson Wentz still never out of the pocket. Every time he gets out of the pocket, he makes a play. Like coach that way, man. Like you can't keep just saying, oh well, Carson's not executing. Yeah, he's not. He sucks right now. Put him in better positions. Like. Doug did not call a good game. Like, maybe he wasn't horrible and it wasn't, like, the reason they lost today. But, like, Doug was not good. You cannot let Doug off by saying, oh, you know, like, they were moving the ball for the first two drives. Like, whatever. Well, but, like, but, no but way, those, man. But, but you know, it, Doug, okay. and, and then on top of that, just to add in quickly, the, the penalties, the lack of fire, like, all that stuff is coaching. This team never looks crisp. They never look ready to play. They never look sharp. They never execute. Like, that's on Doug, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that those things are on Doug. And like I said, big picture, yes, like, this looks like a, cor- a poorly coached football team. I agree. But, but it absolutely changes the outlook of the game when arguably two best players on offense, right? I think we would, coming into this game, probably have said – when healthy, Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders. I mean, it's hard to compare positions by positions, but regardless, two of your most important players, right? On the first two possessions, they turn it over. Like that, that changes the outlook of the game. You, it just, it just does. Like Doug came in saying, "I need to run the ball." They ran the ball right down the field, and it's fumbled. Then on the next possession, he gets guys open, and Carson Wentz throws a pick six. And we could talk about the, the specifics of those games, but I mean, of those, of that exact pick six. Because I'm not sure it's 100% on Carson. Like, it was a little bit of everybody there. But this was not a game that they lost because of Doug Peterson, right? It was not a game that they lost because of Jim Schwartz. The defense was really good basically all game. And one thing you see a lot on Twitter is, 
the defense gives up points after the offense scores. And that is true. Like, it is a trend. But defense today, at one point, I, I with the last two possessions, two or three possessions, I'm not sure. But overall, the defense, first 10 possessions, they allowed two scoring drives. The offense scored on two out of 10. Like, the defense was good today. The defense was good enough to win. The special teams blocked a kick, right? Like, they were making plays everywhere. The issue was that Carson Wentz was not good. Like, that was the problem with the team today. He was single-handedly the reason they were losing that game at one point when it was 7 to nothing, right? Like, like it was – this was a Carson game. And I am obviously open to criticizing Doug. Last week we ripped You're Doug not as much so, but you're not enough. Like, well, because I'm I have with to you. We'll get to Carson. I absolutely would say in the blame pie, like, Carson absolutely is a bigger slice for this game. I would agree with you, but you underrate Doug's role too – Doug is not doing enough to help these guys. They are poorly coached. What do you mean they look like a poorly coached team, but they're not? They look like a poorly coached team because they are a poorly coached team. I agree with you. We're not even talking defense. Doug has nothing to do with the defense. Doug's the offensive coach. On offense, they stink. They don't do anything creative. They don't execute well. Like, yes, it's on Carson too, but you are you are letting Doug skate too much for this. Like, it's on Doug also, just more on Carson. I personally don't believe you can design an offense for a quarterback that's throwing it over, throwing over like two interceptions a game. Like I, I do not believe any head coach. Like, like there is no like Carson is not playing at a at, at a functional level right now at quarterback. Like he's not. Like and when the team comes out and finally doesn't fall behind immediately, he throws a pick six and they fall behind seven nothing. And, and what I'm saying by them being a poorly coached team overall, what I mean was. I didn't think they looked like a poorly coached team today. Today, I thought it was. Oh, I did. I did. Okay, well, right, but that's like where we disagree. But I'm team. saying overall on the season, yes, they, for the majority of the season, they have looked like a poorly coached team. I mean, five penalties, it's not great, don't get me wrong, but like five penalties for 33 yards should not lose you the game. Like they didn't lose the game because of the penalties today. And when you look at the run to pass ratio, Miles Sanders, 16 for 66. Boston's got five for 24. So that's 21 runs to 35 passes. Maybe you want to see that a little more 50-50. You definitely want to. Yes, especially in that weather. It was like it worked for the first drive, and then he never stuck with it in the same way, man. Like, he does it every week, and then he's like, well, I ran on that first drive, and then he never does it again, man. Like, but they weren't especially think points. about it, the numbers you just said. Add in the fact that they ran on, what, 8 of 9 or 9 of 10 that first drive. So from that point forward, he was way more pass happy. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter how much they're down. Like, this offense stinks right now. The only thing that is working is running the football. That is it, is the only thing. So guess what? Run the freaking football. We saw it on the other side of the ball. Like, Stefanski finds a way to manage around Baker Mayfield, who also stinks. And yeah, they run bad. the football. And they kept wearing the Eagles down. And the defense... Played well for the majority of the game, but at the end, they kept getting run all over by Nick Chubb. Like, that's on them. Like, they didn't play great at the end, and that's because they pounded them down with the football and kept running it down their throats. Like, the, Doug is always going to revert back to passing the ball and in that. So I think that, again, like, we'll get to Carson in one second, but I think that you are underrating the job, the poor job that Doug did today as part of a general poor job he's done this season, but on on both the play calling level and the team being prepared and ready to play level. Yeah, I could be. I'm open to it. I'm just saying that, you know, like when your quarterback throws two interceptions and he throws a pick six, like I think it's pretty obvious where to point the blame on this one. But, and but, I know all right, so let's get to Carson. Let's get to Carson because because okay. I agree. Carson was horrible. Like he was not good, but at the same time, I mean, the offensive line and pass production was 
a disaster. I mean, that guy had yes. no time at any point all day. This is kind of my point, is that, yes, Carson was horrible, but Doug was bad. The offensive line was bad. Guys weren't getting open. I know on the interception, Rager was open. That was clearly on Carson. There's no question. And the safety, like, just throw the ball away. There are those moments. And, and again, I'm not absolving Carson. He stunk. Like, flat out, he stunk. But... This offense just doesn't work, period, right now, uh, across the so, board. It is just a failure across the board, and I think it's hard. Like you say, it's hard to judge Doug. I think it's hard to uh, – Carson's horrible, but it's hard to judge anything in this offense because they're all awful. It's just bad. So I want to get your take on the pick-six play specifically because, I mean, we text during the game, but it's almost always with this team just a combination of like, wow, that's terrible, can't believe that, and various emojis. Like it's oh, very. do we really yeah. have to record a podcast <laughs> after this? That kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. But, but here's my – so I want to get your take on the pick-six because I actually have a lot of thoughts on it. So I just want to oh, hear what I you mean, said. my take was it was on Carson. I mean, okay. look, there was clearly pressure, obviously, as there had been all game. But he had a window there, a moment to get rid of the ball. Like, he did. That's it. Facts. Like, and he didn't get rid of the ball. And that's something that just happens far too often. We always talk about being like a gunslinger. Like, a gunslinger gets rid of the ball in that spot quickly. Like, there. He doesn't do that. He held on to it, that, you know. And, and he got hit as he was throwing. I, I think it's absolutely on Carson. There's no question. So – I agree. I do agree with you ultimately, but someone texted me an uh, interesting point. And when I rewatched it, it looks to me like he wants to go to Jalen Rager, which is what you're talking about, right? Like he sees, he sees Jalen Rager, he's open. But I think when Carson's looking at Rager, Rager's back is turned to him. And that that's not like a complete excuse. I'm not absolving Carson, but I do wonder if maybe he sat back there, wanted to go to Rager, Rager's back was turned. He turns to try to check it down, and at that point, he gets absolutely drilled, and the ball floats on him. Now, th you know that that's on Rager if that's the case. But but where but where I do ultimately decide it falls on Carson is if this was like his third interception of the season, then you can go okay. But when it's when it's your thirteenth and you end up with fourteenth, like you don't get the benefit of the doubt, right? Like that's just another another interception on his on his resume of, of this year. So and it was clearly a huge play, right? I mean, they fall behind seven nothing. They never get the lead back. The game was still somewhat competitive, you know, like they, it was zero zero, obviously, but like it was also zero zero at halftime. They tied the game seven to seven. Like it was a it was a huge play in the game. So, but that was just kind of where where I saw when I at least what I saw. All when right, I so it. so give me your take on Carson. The because I, I agree I thought he stunk but I think it's all kind of broken right now in yeah. the offense I don't I my point is I don't know you know I was talking to you we brought up on the midday show how much better would the Eagles be with Patrick Mahomes as if you just did that and nothing else and and I thought they would definitely be better obviously but this was the type of game and obviously Mahomes is the unique example because he's you know has a chance to be the greatest ever when it's all yeah. said and done. You know, every, every team um, would be better. But like, with I don't, I don't know any, I don't know if any quarterback could have stepped into that offense thing and, and really made it work. Like, it's just this, this offense is a mess. Like, there, there is so little talent offensively. It's, and, and again, the offensive line was a, just a disaster. I, I just, so it, it we, all felt broken to me today. So we got off to a hot start with the pod, right? Just going going at it right away, Carson a versus fire, Doug. baby. Yeah, it's fire. It's just, hey, it's more fire than the fans got to watch from one yeah. to four. Look, on Sunday, we got to bring, right? yeah, we got to bring yeah. some fire. So, the team isn't. But but here's what I would say: my overall take of Carson today was, I think like for a quarterback that finished with a seventy five point three rating, it's probably one of like the better games you'll see from a quarterback that had a seventy five point three rating with a pick six and two interceptions. Like so, 
I do think that the elements played a role in it today. I mean, it literally rained the entire game. And that's not end-all, be-all be all of an excuse, but it's just the reality. Like, it's way harder to throw the football in the rain. The offensive line was was bad. Like, I, and I've said it before, but for a guy that has the label of injury-prone, he does take a lot of big hits and continually get up. Like, his jersey was filled with dirt by the end of that game. He took a lot of big hits. But it's the same thing I always come back to of just like, you know, yeah, he— he might have been better than his numbers showed. And, like, yeah, it was hard hard to be out there and play in the rain and, like, all that stuff. But, like, you got to – you just have to be better than he is. And I think that's why after the game, you know, Doug was asked a lot about whether or not he'll bench Carson, and Carson was asked about it. And I don't – I do think Carson's the biggest problem with the team. So in that argument, like, yes, I do think he should be benched, you know, take the implications out of it. But at the same time, like – yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said, the offensive line's bad. You don't think the coaching's good. We disagree a little bit on that. But, like, I think he looked better in his numbers, but he just – he's not the guy. He's just not the answer, I guess, is where I ultimately fall down on Carson. Like, he he might not always be the problem, but a, another week where he's not the answer. And he was more of the problem today than being close to the answer. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any, any question that – I, I really like the phrase that you used last week, the idea of they didn't lose this game because of Carson, but they certainly didn't win it. And they, you know, they right. need to have more games that they win because of him. And I think that's the issue with Carson right now is that he's been so bad and, you know, he needs to be the guy who kind of can throw teams on his back, especially in this type of situation where this division is, you know, historically bad and, you know, he, he should be the best player in the division. You know, that's and, what you And even just Superman. today, this was a very winnable game. This game was very oh, no question, No had. question, but yeah. he just feels broken, man. Like, Carson feels broken. This offense feels broken. It just feels like Doug and Carson don't work together. Like, that's honestly what it feels like. It feels like they are two contrasting styles. Doug is too stubborn. He doesn't want to change what he does. And Carson is, you know, not good at what Doug – a Doug quarterback should be like, I think that's yeah. what, you know, you're kind of seeing is, is the, the offense Doug wants to run is not an offense that is great for Carson Wentz and Doug won't change his offense for Carson Wentz. Like he hasn't done it yet. I don't know why. Like, you know, that's what I've yeah, been but, pounding the drum for. I get it. But like at this point, like what, what else are we doing here? Like either move on from Carson Wentz or try and fit your offense around the guy, like, or hire a coach who's going to fit his offense around the guy. Like yeah. one way or the other, like, you know, nobody is being put in the best position to be successful. And we're seeing the results. You know, they're, they, I mean, this offense, when was like, it's been like since 2017, this offense was fun to watch. Maybe, you know, those, those few games with Foles, the last two games of 2018, it was fun. Yeah. Two and games. I guess maybe two one games. or two games of 2019, but like, right. I, yeah, I think those are all fair points. I think how you said it, like Doug won't adjust his offense to Carson and Carson can't run Doug's offense. Like, so they they both, both hold blame there. I mean, Frankly, not to keep repeating myself, like, but I think it's way harder to design an offense for Carson than it is right now to run Doug's offense. You know, like, I, I just think Carson's, like you said, he's broken. And, you know, who has blame for that? Probably a lot of people other than just Carson. Like, I don't think, I do think there's physical barriers that are that are part of it as well in terms of Carson playing a, as he is. But I, I really thought today, you know, the, the question of benching Carson is such a loaded one. Um, I wrote in my postgame thing that if there wasn't a statue of Nick Foles outside of Lincoln Financial Field, I think Carson would have been benched already. Like, I, I, I do think that Nick Foles plays an impact in this in the way that they've seen this happen, right? And, like, 
there's a real backup phobia with this team when it comes to Carson. Like it's a sensitive subject because of everything. Yet that's they happened. drafted Jalen Hurts. Well, yes. Well, right, right. And you know, I mean, look, it's like talking out both sides of your mouth, right? Yeah, you know, it's I like, agree. But there is. I mean, it's like you know, I know, Jill, I know. Jalen Hurts hasn't I, talked I, to the media all week. It's, all year, again, like, it's just such a poorly run franchise as of late, my friend. Well, but so here, but here's what I was going to say. So like benching Carson is an obviously a extremely big time loaded decision that comes with tons of implications. If there was ever a time where you could do it and like maybe spin it in some way, it was today. It was raining. The offense was being like the running the ball was the way to move, move the ball. Jalen hurts helps you in the running game because he actually is a threat on, you know, uh, I can't think of the phrase right now. Not play action. Oh, like a, a of a he's a he's read a, option type stuff. Read option, yes. Where where he can when he can actually be a threat to run the ball. Like Carson was getting beat up. Like if there was ever a time where Doug could step to the podium and give some semblance of a reasoning for benching Carson, this was it. And they passed on it. And it just shows that they are not going to bench Carson. Like they're not going to do it Monday night against Seattle. They're not going to do it with, you know, maybe they maybe week 17 if they're completely out of it by some weird stretch, maybe then. But Doug said after the game and I'm interested in your thought on this. He said he he a he didn't consider benching Carson Wentz. And one of the reasons he didn't consider it was because he thinks it would send a message to the team that the season is over. What do you think about that? What does James Seltzer think about it? And what do you think Jalen Hurts thinks about it? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I didn't think at all about what Hurts thought about it, but I'm sure he doesn't love it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he gets it, but I'm sure he doesn't love it. In all honesty, like, I legitimately don't know, and and if I had to guess, would guess that, that Doug Peterson doesn't even have the, the authority to bench Carson Wentz on his own, would be my asked- guess asked whether he had the authority well to i'm sure Carson. he's gonna say he does well, right? he, si- I mean, well he si- he actually sidestepped it he, he said did he really uh, see there you well, go that's fascinating that's when he said the thing about like you know you don't bench carson because of the message it sends basically yeah so right. so i legitimately think that i don't think he has full authority to do that i don't think he can do that without howie and jeff signing off on that and i don't know what that would take and I don't know if he, if they would go into a game knowing that he has the option to do it if Carson is terrible because they talked beforehand or or what. I have no idea. But I'm with you. I don't think Carson Wentz is getting benched. I think they're going down with this ship for the year. Uh, and look, I mean, like, the contract, what else are they supposed to do? I mean, that's what's so weird. We talked about this a bit on, on Saturday, I think, on a radio show, but that just the timeline of events that you give Carson this this – huge contract and then he actually ends that year with his best four game stretch that he's had since 2017 and and you know yeah gets a concussion the playoff game but but, you know for all intents and purposes end that season on a high note and you're feeling good about the contract you just gave and then they draft Jalen Hurts like yeah none of it makes any sense Elliot the whole it just doesn't feel like there's logic and you and I yelled about this a lot in the last pod with the Jefferson Rager thing and it's like it's like that type of thing. It just feels like a lot of these decisions are not being made logically. Like the logical decision was to take Justin Jefferson in that spot. Instead, they take Jalen Rager because they're trying to be too smart. And it just feels like they're, there's a lot of those decisions that have been made that have helped this. Because, again, like as much as we're blaming Doug and Carson, and we should be, and, and Carson, again, especially today, the ultimate problem in my mind, as you know, is Howie Roseman. I think this roster is garbage, like garbage as a roster. So, you know, and then this, and then these types of things, and then all these other moves, and then 
you know, again, a, a head coach who doesn't have the power to bench a quarterback in a game potentially. I mean, that's like crazy. A Super Bowl winning head coach doesn't have the power to make that type of decision. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Elliot? Well, first of all, look. Richard Rodgers, great signing by Howie Roseman. Oh, Dick Rod, baby! You want to talk about, you know, you know, you you find a low cost veteran to contribute? No, I mean, I'm I'm mostly kidding. I mean, he obviously <laughs> was good today. But uh, look, with the with the with the benching Carson thing, I guess we can kind of put a uh, put a ribbon on it. Cause I'm sure this will. Yeah, be we'll talk about it. I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it more. We're gonna do because uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend stuff, so we'll have a couple pods out for you Tuesday and Wednesday this week, and then we'll be back for our Saturday radio show. So we'll, we'll have ample time to get into yes. that before Something Monday night's we'll uh, be a discussion game. Yes. Uh, all week. But, you know, jail, there, there's, they don't ask, like, there's no talk of benching Wentz if Nate Sudfeld's the backup. It's just not. Like, nobody is clamoring for Wentz to be benched. The, the, it, would, it would go like this. Like, oh, Carson's really struggling. You should bench him. Like, what do you, Nate Sudfeld's going to do better? Like, that that would be the entire discussion. And then it would be like, okay, well, you don't have anybody to put back there, right? But because it's Jalen Hurts, there's an intrigue of what he could do if you did if you did bench Carson. And so the Eagles brought it amongst themselves, like all those things. But, you know, the, the discussion of whether or not to bench Carson is, is an important one and it's relevant. But to what you keep saying, like, the fact that Carson's broken is like a bigger deal, right? I mean, that that is kind of independent of of the benching of the uh, of benching him. Like, what is going on with him? Like, you know, like the is it just bad? Is it bad luck? Like, why do you think he's playing so poorly, Carson? I, I just think he's, I think he's a shell of his former self in in more ways than one. Look, I think the. Physically, we've talked before, but I, I don't think that he is physically the same guy he was before the injuries. Now, I don't think it's a massive difference, but I think it's enough that he has still not understood what his body can and can't do, and that has gotten him into trouble. But I think more than anything, if I had to guess, and again, this is pure conjecture and whatnot, but I, I, it feels like he's in his head, man. It feels like he's yeah. second-guessing everything he does, every decision he makes on a football field. It feels like he's second-guessing, and that's why sometimes every once in a while when he's out on the run and he's not thinking, you'll see him make a really nice play, but it feels like everything else is just so overthought, and, and um, I, I just think he's a mess right now, and and the result is is – you know, a player who's not playing with any sort of confidence whatsoever. I mean, he has zero confidence out on that field, and I think it shows in his play and, and you know, the result. And then, and then add in, like, that alone is someone who's not going to be good on a football field and then add in an offensive line that's been horrendous. You know, skilled players who, you know, at best are mediocre and in reality are probably below that. Like, and then, you know, just to – I think all that kind of stuff put in a pot together is as – kind of given us this disaster of a quarterback that we've seen so far this year. You know, I, I try not to read too much into what players say at the podium just because I think, you know, they, they go up there to try to say nothing, essentially. Like, they're just saying what they can to make the least amount of headlines and, and all that. But I do think it's it's getting to the point where Carson maybe wants to stop saying that he's just going to keep being himself and, you know, he's going to be a risk taker. That's who he is. But he also yeah, knows buddy. he needs to be smart. Like, like I think you need to think of a better stock answer for that. Totally uh, with you, Elliot. <laughs> Enough of that. Enough, and, bro. And he was asked today uh, about the fact that people are talking about him being benched and it's a fair question because people are asked, people are talking about it. And he said, you know, I understand that what that comes with, that is what comes with playing quarterback. I signed up for it. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to keep being me and I'm going to keep kind of, you know, doing my thing. And I just, 
you got to come up with something better to say because your thing is not working. Like the Carson Wentz brand of football is not working right now. So um, to, to wrap up and move on to the next subject, just another little dagger if you want, James. Um, oh, can't wait, buddy. Can't C- wait. CD Lamb just uh, had a really amazing touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I okay. saw. It's yeah, great, so. man. It's just, it's terrific. It's terrific. Well, so let me ask you this. Are the Eagles okay. definitely, are the Eagles winning this division? I hope not. Okay. Honestly, you, you know, All right. I do you want this team like limping into the playoffs at five, 10 and one? Let's put it this way, Elliot. I don't think they're winning any of these next four games. Like for sure. We were like, Oh, maybe they'll win one. Like I, I think they're going to lose to, you know, the, the Packers and the saints and Seattle, like flat out losing these games, the Cardinals, whatever it is, like they're losing these games. And yeah, I, I think they're going to get to, I, I, I think don't they think might have going. a chance to win the division the last two games of the season. But like, I, I you know, what does that mean? And and I'm just hoping the Giants or Washington start to get on a little mini run and can get to six because uh, just take us out of our misery. I, I just. I well, just... I mean, the Cowboys, if the Cowboys win this game, which would be another blow. It's early, early yeah. still, early. It is, still. it is. But yeah. I'm just saying if they win the game, they're three and seven. Like So they're... is Washington. Washington won their three and seven and so are the Giants. Yeah. So everyone's half game by the Eagles. I'm with you. It's just, you know, everyone's schedules are pretty tough. So Dallas actually is the easiest one, but. Gonna... I'm starting to think they're not going to do it. Good. I hope so, Elliot. I hope so. I, I just out and get a top five pick. That's where I'm at. I don't think they're going to get to six wins. I I don't think there's any. Again, that's what I said. I think their their ceiling is five wins, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, because that's their even, ceiling. Even if they do lose, look, if they lose every one of the next four games against the they're good teams, they're going to play. But they're let's just say they do. Them. They're not going to win both of the divisional games. Probably Unless, not. But but even so, that's my point. Is that's their ceiling. Right, so I mean, maybe they win one of the next four somehow, and then they split the divisional games. But I don't think they're getting the six wins. And you know, the Cowboys, for what it's worth, like they're obviously a dumpster fire and all that stuff. But if Andy Dalton can at least give them like C minus quarterback play, I don't know. I mean, can they, they? They could maybe get to six wins. Like, and that's the weird thing. Every week we record this pod, where like it's like a new team that you think can maybe win the division because none of them will run away from it, and none of them will look impressive. So it's hard to like decide, but uh, I do know our Vikings plus seven bet or minus seven. bet's not looking great. Yeah. It's early. It's early. Sure. I having a horrible week though. Pick. So I'm sure it'll go bad. I've been oh, just... well, that's look that give, brings, oh, brings me joy. Horrendous. Happy to hear that. Horrendous. I All right. Let's a uh, couple other things I want to hit before we get out of here. And none of it's fun to talk about, but um, I do have a couple guys to shout out who's two didn't suck today, but uh, quickly we talked about a bit in talking about Wentz, but just to, to one more time, harp on it. The offensive line was an absolute train wreck in pass protection. A and Jason Peters never, never again. Like, do I need to see that guy play football? He is a, a, a dumpster fire out there. Elliot. I mean, we talked before about the whole, like, Oh, is, and I know he came out towards the end of my lot. came in, but Oh, well, you know, it, 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 are we sure that my isn't, uh, is a better football player than Jason Peters right now? Yeah, we're sure. We're definitely sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean Peters was bad today. I, I do oh. think on the on the safety that was given up. Um, when should have gotten I, rid of the ball? Yes, but yes, I agree. But I do think that overall, yes, he had a very bad game. And and there's really no point in playing him. I, I guess my point still does stand of you want to protect a franchise quarterback. But but I think my lot is better. 
Yeah, he could, he could be. I mean, the coach, the coaches at least. It can't be the, much worse, right? Can't be much worse. Yeah, and you know, Peters did leave the game hurt today. Just awful. So. Oh, fine. Go on IR. Uh, Jason Kelsey, that whole weird thing. What a warrior. Came back yeah. and played. What did you think of the whole tent fiasco? That was a weird moment where he was like, I'm not going to go in the tent, but then he was fine going into the locker room. It was strange. Yeah, I mean, look, not being in Cleveland, it was a little hard to, to see. But just from what they showed on him of the TV, it seemed like he was just mentally saying to himself, I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. And I think yeah. that's why he didn't want to go in there. And then he obviously ends up coming back out. And credit him for doing it because he is an Eagles Hall of Famer. He's a pro, all-pro center. He's maybe, you know, a Hall of Fame player. And he's playing for a team that's terrible. And it's raining. And he's, yeah. in, he's in Cleveland. I mean, I know he's from Ohio. but uh, It must have sucked. Uh, must have not been fun out there. Um, I I have a quote I want to read to you and I want to get your feedback on it. All right. Eagles, Brandon Graham on the idea of benching Carson. I'm confident whatever coach wants to do on the offensive side, that's got nothing to do with us on the defensive side, whatever it takes to get a W we're going to do it. Whatever coach does, we're going to support him. Whoa. What do you think of that? Oh man, Elliot. Not the vote of confidence you want to see if you're Carson, <laughs> no, right? Oh, man. No. Jesus. I think the Mary I think and the, Joseph. And look, Jalen Hurts is your teammate, too, so I understand. But I, do I know, if, but like, whoa, If you're buddy. Brandon, you probably want to if, – if you – I mean, Look, you obviously said how he feels. But if this is him trying not to make a headline, you probably want to go with something more along the lines of oh. I have confidence in Carson. Oh. Right? Not great, Elliot. Oh, maybe they, okay. maybe they will bench him. I know he says he won't, but that's a uh. – it's an interesting uh, quote. I, um, couple more things I want to get to. Travis Fulgham, what the hell happened? Where is he? What is happening? Yeah, it's 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 insane, and and I understand that you know forcing the ball to Fulgham sounds crazy on its surface, but with how well he's played, like I do think you have to game plan to get it to him. Now this could be to use a I'm basically a high hopes podcast guy now, but you know. <laughs> it, when, when, when a pitcher goes through like a third, fourth time through the lineup, like they adjust, right? And that's when you find out when the really, who are the really good pitchers because they're able to adjust other people adjusting. Like maybe Travis Fulgham is not able to be a guy that teams game plan for. Like maybe he's yep. just not good enough to it's be. It's possible. That. It's possible. So th- that, that could be it. Like it, now again, the, the chess, like it is Doug's job then to make it so he can get open. But, um, I mean, I think that I kind of think that's what's going on with Fulgham. It's a combination of Fulgham is not Julio Jones. He's not like this guy that you just toss it up to. But you know, they they should find they should try to find ways because the offense certainly looked a lot better when Fulgham was getting the ball. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, Rager, nothing much again today. Well, yeah, nice catch at the end there. Yeah, just not 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 much. Well, I think that it's hard when. When the offense is so bad, and the I agree, that's so fair. Bad. It's hard. It's it. hard to judge anyone. But again, four catches of fifty-two yards, like this was their big move at receiver. Like that, that, yeah. that was their big move at receiver that they made this offseason. He had four catches of fifty-two yards, so it's not great. Greg Ward, can you catch a punt? Like, is that a? Yeah. A, what is the deal? It's like the third or fourth time he's just let one go over his head that, that got down inside the five. It's unbelievable. Um. The only uh, argument I can think of is just because it's raining, but he did field a lot. Other, I mean, he did field other punts. So yeah, it's so weird. Um, defensively, we haven't talked much, but I, I think we both agree. Like for the most part, you know, they they kind of struggled at the end, but I think on the whole, you can win that game that the defense played. Um, Avante Maddox is bad though, man. I'm I'm yeah. super disappointed about him. I I really thought he was going to be a player after that rookie season, and 
he is bad. I, certainly as an outside corner, maybe he could be better in the slot or whatever, but he's bad, man. He has looked awful. Well, I think this is one you can get on the coaching staff about, and I'm tired from watching that game, so maybe I'll misremember. But it was his soft. It was his second year where he moved to safety, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then I mean, I I don't know. He was good at nickel corner. Like if they would have just kept him at nickel corner, I'd be interested to see where he'd be at right now instead of moving him all around, like to safety, at outside corner, sometimes at nickel, like the left side, the right side, all that stuff. I'd be interested just to see like if you would have kept him at nickel, if he would have been able to grow and be a good player that he looked like his his rookie yeah, year. But it's an interesting thought, Elliot. You're right about that. But yeah, it's. I mean, look there. There's only maybe two positions on the team that you don't have to worry about going into next year. You don't have to worry about whatever cornerback spot Darius uh, Slay is at. And on offense, I mean, I don't know. It like, depends on who's back. What a comment, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, what spots are I'm with you. you I mean, Lane about? Johnson, maybe, Isaac if he's Sam healthy. Malu, like, yeah, Jason Kelsey, if he decides not to retire. And if I were Mal- him, I would, I right, would certainly Sanders. retire. Sure, kind of, if he'll stay on the field. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you um, think of uh? What do you think of Doug not calling the timeout, the two minute warning? I, it made no sense to me. Like I, it almost like he was just like I don't trust anyone out here, and I don't. It made no sense, but it was just one of many. But wh- well, what here, did you think? Well, so I think it did. It was just a feeling of let's just get in the locker room and get yes, this over. That's with. my point. Like he was and like, then, all right. And then after the game, he's asked about it, and you know. I feel bad making fun of him for not remembering the play. Like, I understand you're tired. You just coached a game. You're probably super upset you lost. Like, I, you're everyone's allowed to make mistakes. Like, you, you forget. I do feel all that stuff. But then he's asked about the play, which is, like, a play that I would say you knew he was going to be asked about. And he had he had to, like, be reminded three to four times what play was being what, – what they were talking about. And then he was like, well, I can give you a better answer on Monday. Doug's so, checked like, out. <laughs> Not his persona, like his vibe at the podium, again, just, and it sucks. I get it. Like you're three, six, and one. Like I super understand it sucks, but might want to, you know, act a little more, uh, try to pretend at least that you're happy out there. But my question about the two minute thing is I do think it's a move that he made because he didn't trust the team. Would you rather have him coach with like not trusting the team where he's like, look, like, we need to try to minimize damage here. I don't think we can go for it on fourth down because I don't think we'll get it. Or would you rather have him just be reckless and be like, this team's bad, but like go for it on fourth down. Like all like, you know, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Cause I do. See yeah. I mean, all- honestly, it's probably a, a mix of both. It's probably strategic aggressiveness, but I don't know, man, I, I get it. It's hard when you know that your team just can't execute anything. It's, it makes it tough. I'm sure Doug is feeling, you know, cause again, while I think Doug had a bad day, I again also think the much bigger issue is the roster and the inability to execute and the lack of players who can play. And I think that ultimately, you know, I'm sure that's frustrating for Doug as well. So I was asked this on the pregame show. We talk about it seemingly after every pod cause they always lose, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you like, where are you at? Not with what you want, but what do you think is going to happen? Like, does I, does Doug come back? Does Howie come back? Does Carson come back? Like, what's the... I mean, I don't think much is... Cha- I mean, I, I went into this game expecting them to lose. I, I don't think it was, you know, a, a worse loss than last week. It was just another bad loss. Um, I don't know. I don't think Howie's going anywhere. Um, 
I don't know past that. I don't think Howie's going anywhere. That's the only thing I feel pretty confident about. Um, I would guess that they probably re-rack it and bring everyone back and and write 2020 off if it doesn't go too horribly would be my guess. But I don't feel confident in anything, especially like who knows how bad they look against some of these really good teams down the stretch. I mean, if they lose, you know, 40 to to, to 7, we're sitting here being like, oh, God. So I don't know. Um, uh, as of now, if I had to bet, like you know, my life's on the line, I would bet on all three being back. But I certainly don't feel great about it. Yeah, I think that's probably where I'm at still. I, I think the only way one of them is gone is probably if they lose every game, like from here. Yeah, on which is possible. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, it is. And I think it's if totally one of them possible. Is, and I do think if one of them is, I still, I guess, like gun to my head, would have to pick have to pick Doug, but I still, I do, I am starting to think like, like I said on the last pod, I just wonder if Jeffrey Lurie sits there and goes, how can I even judge Doug based off of Carson? I mean, he could be wrong, but like, I just, it's just hard to move on from Carson unless you're going to find a way to trade him, which is possible, but right. Um, anyway, uh, last thing on my list, shout out to Alex Singleton. That guy's a good football player. He's fun to watch. He is a very good football player. He flies around. He makes plays. He's in the right spots. I enjoyed Alex Singleton. I thought Rodney had a pretty good game. I thought Josh Sweat flashed, made some nice plays, but um, on the whole, not a, th- those are my silver linings. There are not many. Elliot, what else you got? You well, got anything else on your list? My Toyota Player of the Week was Fletcher Cox for forcing that fumble, which briefly gave play. him light. Yeah, yeah, but then he got hurt later. Life. Hopefully, uh, he's okay. Obviously, yeah. was not great, but that was a big play. <laughs> I mean, look, when he had that, when he had that fumble, it was a big fumble, play. Which Singleton recovered, by the way. And then they had the touchdown. I'm like, wow, they're, they're going to win this game, aren't they? Like, you know, like after just looking so bad, I'm like, this is such a classic Eagles thing. But they did not win the game. As, uh, <laughs> Update. I think if you're a half hour they did the not pod, win. you were well aware. Yeah. Hate no spoiler alert, but they did not win the game. Um, If you don't have anything else, I have a fun question for you. Yeah, lay it on me. On. Yeah, I hit every – hold on, right, hold so, on. Uh, Let me double check my list. Um, yeah, got it all. Again, all shout right. out to Dick Rod. I like Dick Rod. Go ahead. <laughs> We're cutting that one. All right. So, so <laughs> um, all right. Uh, listener asks his nine year old wants he, his nine year old gets a Eagles jersey for Christmas every year. This year he wants either Travis Fulgham or Jalen Rager. Who do you think the better investment is? I already told him my answer. I'll be curious to know yours. Okay. Um, so just purely on wh- who do I think will be here longer? is essentially the idea. Um, I think it's probably still Rager. Uh, For me personally, 13 is my favorite number, so I would take Fulgham on that alone. Um, But if you don't care about the number or anything like that, I think Rager is probably the smarter call just because we know that they are going to give Rager every chance, every shot, and it looks like he's at least going to be a a quality, you know, or he's fine so far. You know, he's not Mm -hmm. like horrendous. Um, whereas Fulgham, I still believe can be a legit NFL player, but it also there is still a question mark there, and they are not as committed from a you know pot committed standpoint as they are to Reger. So I would say Reger. What did you say? So if his son can appreciate like sarcastic humor, I actually think Fulgham is the answer here, and here's why. I think like Reger could potentially turn into a sore spot for fans. He already kind of is, but like it could it could really get worse, right? So sure. if in a year and a half you're wearing a Jalen Rager jersey, people might look at you and be like, oh, God, like they should take Justin Jefferson. At worst, Travis Fulgham in four years is a funny story to talk about, right? Say, Elliot, this is a really, really clever call by you. I, 
I also think that Fulgham's like, if you got a Fulgham jersey, you're like a deep Eagles fan. You know, like that's like a I pay attention to the team type of jersey. So I think while your logic is true, and if his son just wants somebody that the most people know that's going to be here the longest, like Reger is probably locked in for at least the next two or three years. But I think Fulgham is the fun choice here. And I said I, this team, so we'll see I what he rescind my answer. I co-sign your answer. Much better answer. Plus, again, it's, I love 13, so I'm happy to suggest 13. Yes. This is a win for everybody involved. All right. Well, anybody out there is debating getting their kid a jersey, you have our take on who the You have our take. Jersey. And we're always happy to get more who takes. Who would you get if you could get anybody for, for Zoe? Brandon. Well, I guess, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. That's true. I mean, okay. it's just lock it in. It's not even a question. Yeah, it's that's the easiest good call ever. Uh, what is your favorite number? By the way, mine's 13. Never gonna so that. people are going to think I'm doing this as a bit, and it's honestly not. But I swear on my life, my favorite number is number two. Is it really? It's true. Because of Jalen Hurts? Yeah. And like it was it was my soccer jersey Your birthday's up. November 2nd, right? Yeah, my so birthday's that... November 2nd. It was my soccer jersey growing up. Like, mm -hmm. it just is my favorite number. So Nice. I like you it. Know, it was why I was briefly in on Matt Barkley when they had him. He was number two. <laughs> <laughs> but I will I will not comment on Jalen Hurts wearing number two. It is pretty hilarious. You got any final thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, perfect I answer. Right? Like, Same. Look, I, you know, no, I have no final thoughts. I think. I have... All right. Well, how about this? What do you think the line is going to be against Seattle? Um, it's in Seattle or is it here? So it's, it's in, in Philly. Philly. So you start with minus. Uh, I would say Seattle's like a six and a half point favorite. Mm. I was going to start with seven. I'm wondering if they like, if we're surprised by it initially, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be at least five is my It guess. should be. It should be. My and especially since Seattle. they never beat Seattle. That I'm taking Seattle. I'll tell you that much. I'm taking Seattle. You locking that in? Lock yeah. it in twice in a row. Locking it in. Um, okay. all right. So we're going to be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll do a, a catch up pod on Tuesday, uh, picks pod on Wednesday, heading into Thanksgiving break. And then we'll be back on Saturday, one to three on WIP to talk about this horrible football team, Elliot. Super fun, buddy. Super fun. Can't wait. If you're, and if also, if you're a listener that can't bring yourself to listen to the pods on Tuesday. Happy Thanksgiving and enjoy. Yeah, I like that. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Wish it again to the people who do listen. But if you if you're out now and you're taking the week off from the Eagles, first of all, I don't blame you. Second of <laughs> all, happy Thanksgiving. Just just play yeah. the pod and put it on mute. You know, I just, like just, that. Just just yeah. download. We don't even care if you listen. Just download it. That works. Right there we go. <laughs> He's Elliot James. <laughs> He's Elliot James. We'll see you guys later.